Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hi, this is Earl Oliver from Sully Finish Wrestling. This is Raj Geary with WrestlingInc.com. This is Sean Reed, boxing writer and undercover low-key wrestling fan. And you're listening to Duke Love Wrestling. Woo! Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Hope everyone is doing well out there as usual. You know, we're in the thick of things with this summer. Oh, my God, this crazy uh, heat wave that we had here in sunny Boston, Massachusetts. It's, it's kind of broke a little bit. Now we're getting crazy rain. And I hear there are dust storms and all kinds of other things going on throughout the country. So I don't, I don't know what the heck's going on, folks. But just please, I ask all of you, be safe out there. Be smart. Wear your masks, right? Wear your masks. And so you can at least continue to join us here on Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast every week. That's right. That's right. You know, there are some important things that are going on in pro wrestling. And I've been talking about it for the past two weeks. We had an incredible conversation last week with Thunder Rosa and, and her husband, Brian Cervantes. You know, their mission pro wrestling is really going to be doing some great things out there. And shout out to them and Robin Reed and what have you. Um, really big show last week, really big show, but I want to continue the discussion on this speaking out and on where do we go from here with so much dramatic change in the pro wrestling industry and in society in general over the past few months. So another friend of the show and somebody, you know, if you've been a long time listener, you've definitely heard this guy through the years, really, really cool dude and, and hardworking indie wrestler, but more importantly, a really nice human being as well. He has some things to say, and he has a perspective that you may not have heard much from as we're going through this whole speaking out stuff. And he has a perspective on this COVID-19 stuff, which I think you you know is very important for everybody to hear about. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, my man. Brad Sanders. What's going on there, Sanders? Oh, man, just living living life right now, man, fighting every day. You sure are. You sure are. And I just want to say officially, you know, in front of all of the Duke Loves Wrestling audience and on behalf of the Duke Loves Wrestling audience, I am so happy to hear your voice, and I'm so happy that you're still here with us, Brad. You- and I, I, really, I really appreciate that, boss. Uh, uh, we had, a, we had a, a little minor scare, but, you know, uh, was able to get, get through it. You're such a nice guy that you'll call it a minor scare, but it, there was nothing minor about it. You actually battled COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I, I do. I, have, it's, I guess it's part of my personality. I, I do kind of downplay things that happened to me a little bit. And um, it, it was, you know, it was, it was a pretty big deal. It was pretty scary. It was, it was very um, uh, eye-opening for me because I was – at first, when COVID started, you know, making its rounds, I was uh, kind of um, on the fence on how serious to take it. And after I got sick, I was like, well, I think it's time we take this pretty serious. Brad, let me ask you, because first of all, it's, it's a normal reaction to question things that don't make sense. And, you know, at this point, I think we all can admit that the information coming from our government and our experts and what have you, it's contradicted itself so many times over the past few yeah. months that it was hard to be, to understand what to believe. And, you know, just when you think that it's one thing, then they come back and, you know, you don't have to wear masks and that turned into you got to wear a mask and it's it just all over the place. Tell me if you can think of a, one or two things that most people may not know because they have not fought COVID-19 personally, 
what, what are one or two things that you would want the, the entire world to understand about COVID-19? Well, um, that one is, um, I see a lot of people kind of just saying, Hey, it's just like the common cold. It's just like pneumonia. And that's, you know, that's coming from people who, who never had, you know, never, you know, got COVID. Um, and I have had the flu and I've had pneumonia multiple times in my life, even as an adult. And, um, matter of fact, I had the, I had a the flu back in, I think January and I ended up getting pneumonia around Thanksgiving and, um, and those lasted maybe about a week or so, about a week and a half. And I was over it pretty quick. Um, and I was still up and about eating, cleaning. Um, I was still living pretty normal, um, without any, without any hesitation or any, any fear of, of waking up the next day. But, uh, when I got COVID, uh, in, in May, um, it was, a it was a, a sickness that I'd never encountered before. I'd, I've never hurt as much as I hurt uh, from head to toe. It just, it was very painful. Everything hurt. It was just like, I don't know how it's really hard to explain. Cause you've heard people say, I felt like someone beat me up. You know, I've been in fights and I've been in wrestling and I've, I've done a bunch of different stuff. And this really did feel like, like I have been beat up just like a consistent, like I got jumped, everything just hurt. And, um, I couldn't taste anything that made me not want to eat. Uh, I couldn't breathe. There was a few nights I, I legit thought I was going to die. Um, I, uh, I was, you know, I, 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 my fever was so up and down. There'd be days where I would just like go stand in the shower with, with the hot water, full blast, no cold water mixed in. And I would just stand there and it still didn't feel like I, it was getting hot. The water was hot enough. I still felt like it, the water was too cold. And it, it's just, um, locked away in a room I kept myself isolated and um yeah it was just mentally it messes you up because you have to be alone you have to stay away from people so you feel like I'm gonna die by myself and no one's here to take care of me or help me and um it's just overall it was the worst sickness I've ever had in my life absolutely the worst and then the second thing um you know I, I I see people say oh I tested positive but I have no symptoms that must, that, that means that, um, um, you know, it must not be that serious. Well, people can either be asymptomatic with it and just, you know, they'll have a positive test, but the, the symptoms may never hit for them. They just might be a carrier where, you know, there's a carrier versus infected where I was infected and, you know, it really messed me up and I was sick for over a month. Um, so don't downplay it just because you don't have symptoms. Um, still, you know, you may pass along to somebody that it, that it could possibly, you know, kill. Um, and then the third thing is, uh, there was a, a group of people, um, talking about, oh, I got it back. I must've got it back in December cause I was sick for so long. And I've talked to some of those people that made those claims and I was like, well, tell me what your symptoms were. And, uh, I was like, okay, were you still able to eat? Were you able to still move about your normal day? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, then you didn't have it because when you have this, it shuts you down. So if you're still, if you're sick with, if you say you claim you had COVID back in December or around Christmas or around Thanksgiving, but you were still able to go live a normal life and move and clean and operate, then you didn't have this. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't, I, you just didn't because when you get this, it, it legit put you in the bed and you're not doing anything. You know, that, it's so interesting to hear you admit all of this because, I mean, let's face it, you're a pro wrestler. You're a guy that has some great size on you. You are an MMA fighter as well. I don't think a lot of folks even realize that, but you're, you're a legitimate bare knuckle and hand-to-hand oh, -hand combat guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But my point is you're, you're not, there's nothing uh, frail about you. You're, you're, well, I would consider a pretty tough guy. So the fact that this sickness knocked you down the way that it did, um, that's a hell of a thing to have to admit, you know? Let me ask yeah. you this, Brad. Since you've gotten to the point where you're no longer positive for COVID-19, 
are you feeling or experiencing any actor after effects? Because, you know, there's a lot of information coming out that people who've had it, whether they were symptomatic or not, you know, there might be issues with their liver or their kidneys or, you know, heart issues. There was other things that are, are being discovered that are remnants of the battle with COVID-19. Have you, have you had any issues that you didn't previously had before or maybe something that you had before that's gotten worse? I haven't, I haven't noticed anything yet, but also I haven't had any test with, you know, to test my heart, my liver or anything like that. Um, I know after the worst of the symptoms started fading away, I started getting the COVID cough and my lungs and my, and my ribs would just hurt, um, for the longest time. And, um, there for a while, I still had a hard time catching my breath. So my lungs definitely for a while uh, was weakened because um, they, they were pretty much they were very compromised while I was sick, um, and I unfortunately was not one of the few that I was one of the few that didn't get a, a breathing treatment or anything like that. I, um, I had a, I kind of toughed it out without any extra help, um, and um, I've noticed. I think the only thing I really noticed about now is. Um, one, my, my eating habits have changed. Like there's things that before I got sick and I don't know if this is a, a thing. I just know this is about myself. There's things that I used to like, but now like when I got back and I could, cause I couldn't taste anything for over a month. Now I'm just like, I don't want a lot of food. There's a lot of food out there that like I used to just love and you know, my mouth would water over. And now I'm just like, I don't, I don't want it. It don't even look appealing to me. Um, it don't even looks like it tastes good. The smell don't taste smell good um my breathing every once in a while i feel like i'll just be like man why am i out of breath i just took the trash out um but when it comes to like my internal organs i haven't noticed anything yet and i haven't i haven't considered going to getting checked yet but um i think i'll get checked if i start seeing anything like drastic change in in, in my body or in the way i feel well, again, I just, you know, I, I really tip my hat to you. The fact that you were able to endure such a dangerous sickness and you live to tell about it because, you know, I, I can speak personally here and I'll, I'm not overstating this at all, Brad. I, I've stopped counting over a hundred people I know have uh, succumbed to this and yeah. that's, that's not a joke. And I, I realized that number because a loved one had passed away from it. And then as I was at the website for his funeral home, I started looking at the photos of folks who had passed and were having funerals. And I realized I could, I could more accurately count the people I didn't know. Wow. And that was just one home. So then I looked at the other two more prominent homes other than that one. It was the same deal. So literally over a hundred people, in the greater Boston area who succumbed to this, I, I know. So when I interact with people and they've come out on the, on the other side of this thing, I mean, literally, I just say it again. I am so happy to hear your voice because on a personal level, I understand. And I, I could barely wrap my head around the fact that the amount of loss that we've had over the past five, six months is just something that I don't know if we will ever be able to even process that. So mm. you're still here, brother. And I, I'm so happy about that. Um, well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. And, you know, Brad, something that's, that's come up in pro wrestling, speaking out, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a hashtag where so many people in the wrestling industry have shared their personal stories of being taken advantage of sexually harassed, sexually abused. And it's been an eye opening experience because men and women, non-binary, it doesn't matter. This is something that has affected, you know, everybody. And it's such an important time to live in right now where people can legitimately finally speak out. And and explain some of these, you know, tragic and disgusting things that they've had to endure in life. 
And in the case of pro wrestling, for people in the wrestling industry who are guilty, you know, they're being called out. So I know that you had shared online a personal story of your own. Yeah. And if you're if if you don't mind, um, I'm gonna give you an open mic, man. If you want to share it with our audience here, you're you're more than welcome to. Yeah, um I'll 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 pick and choose my words very carefully just because um one well, one I don't remember the name and some people say well if this happened to you you would remember the name and I'm just like you know what I was I was a kid and um trying to suppress things um I was able to successfully suppress a lot but you know the, the overall memory and what had happened to me you know um you know it lingers and uh, you know it's caused me to have trust issues and I think that's the biggest thing that's that uh, that, that that it did to me. Um, but I, th- I think everybody's situation is unique, and everybody is hurt um, differently. But for me, um, I was uh, of middle school age, early middle school age. Um, I was a big kid for my age back then. I've been six one since the seventh grade. So, um, up until the seventh grade, I, I, I hovered around the six foot mark. So, um, I played every sport that any, any of my schools offered. And, um, there was a year that I actually had a female basketball coach. And, um, I remember after one of our practice sessions, um, I was in the locker room alone and um I, at that time i was very self-conscious because i'd hit puberty in the, around the fourth grade so i had um i was i was more developed than the other boys and i had I had pubic hair and you know i i, I looked like a little mini man i guess i don't know <laughs> not real sure but um she took advantage of me multiple times uh um, without like, um, uh, without any type of intercourse, but, um, and that happened for the entire basketball season that year. Um, a lot of times, um, I didn't elaborate in the post as much, but there was times where I'd have to sit next to her on the bus on the ride home. And, you know, I'd be, I'd get fondled on the rides home and, um, and she would have me fondle her uh, as well. And that was kind of where I learned what these things we have are and what we do with these things. And, um, you know, we eventually, you know, that, that went on for that whole year and I, I didn't know why it was happening. I didn't understand it. Um, while I was there, she was also one of my teachers on top of being a basketball coach. And she would tell me, if you tell anybody, I'll fail you. Um, if you fail, you got to repeat, you know, your grade, all this different stuff. You won't get to play sports again yada, yada, yada. And like, she really put this fear in me. And on top of that, um, my dad was a very religious man and a preacher. And, you know, he really hammered home into my head, but not much as on my brother and sister, but on, into my head that, you know, if you're out there having sex and all this stuff, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll beat you up or I'll, whatever. He, he made some pretty he made it sound like if I was to slip up, have sex with anybody, I like I I would die. <laughs> uh, and um, so I was afraid to tell anybody because I was afraid if I tell my friends, they're going to tell their parents, they're going to tell my parents, and then I'm just going to get in trouble. The whole thing made it made it, made me feel like I would be the one to get in trouble. So um, when we moved, I was you know we moved during the summer and we moved out of state. That that like that saved me. But I noticed, um, like I was like, I, my, my relationships with like I had girlfriends, they changed. Cause I was like, am I supposed to do this with girls now? Is this how you keep a girlfriend? Am I supposed to like do stuff with them? And then I also didn't trust girls. Like I felt like, you know, I felt like they were all out to like hurt me or use me in a way, you know, and that, that stuck with me real heavy for a long time and I struggled. I didn't really like to date and uh I lost my virginity and pretty early after 
you know, pretty soon after we moved because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And, uh, and that was with someone older as well. And I just, it just kind of messed, it messed me up because, you know, even now when not, when the situations happen, it makes me think, well, I'm not good enough. What did I do wrong? Like, you know, why am I the one in trouble? You know, it, it could, the person I'm, I was with could have been a hundred percent wrong in, in the situation, but somehow I feel guilty. Like it's my fault. And I just, and on top of that, I don't trust like the way I should. I know I don't trust the way I should not to a point where I'm going to go check their phones or go like spy on them and stuff. But to a point where I'm like, you know, like, um, I don't know. I just don't trust them. I have a hard time trusting women to a point where I like, uh, I feel safe with them. And that's just something I'm constantly working through. You know, I try not to let it hinder me, but, um, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Cause you know, it's guys like, and this actually happened and I had to block some people and delete some people that I thought were friends. When I shared my story, they were like, bro, you're so lucky. I don't know why you're ashamed of that. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, bro, like I, she was a pedophile. Like, why do we celebrate female teachers molesting and having sex and doing stuff with, with, with teenage boys? But if a man does it with a teenage girl, he's a pedophile, but she's a hero. And you're cool if it happens to you as a young man, but if it happens to a girl, she gets labeled as a as a hoochie or a hoe or whatever. That's I, I've never understood that, and um, I had to delete some people that I thought were friends because they tried to celebrate the fact that I was molested as a kid, all because it was a female that did so. And um, I think that's why it becomes. I think this happens more. I feel like this happens just as much to, to young boys as it does to girls. But boys, sell, they get they get they get they get celebrated if they do it, you know. And um, so it was it was kind of hard to talk about because that was my biggest fear is is this is going to be celebrated by people instead of taken seriously. And then I was kind of worried about the backlash from my family and. And honestly, I know my family has seen the post. Not a single person in my family has reached out, asked questions, sent condolences or anything. So uh, so I guess that fear I had kind of just, it, it didn't have a leg to stand on. But, you know, there were some people that reached out and they said some really nice things to me and thanked me for sharing. And I really appreciate those people. But, um, you know, um, I just, you know, I... I don't really know what else to say. It, it happened and um, I'm 32 now and I was a kid when it happened. I, I feel like for the most part I've, I've, I'm, I'm over it and it, it doesn't really affect my day to day like it did when I was a young boy, like when I was a teenager. And I, I know it still affected me in college, but um, I think as I've grown and then become a father and um, and through some other through some other stuff, I feel like uh, it's a part of me, but it, it it but it isn't me. It's it's a part of my story. Um, it's just one that I never thought I'd share. But the speaking out movement kind of empowered me, seeing you know people tell their stories that were similar to mine. I was like, All right, maybe it's time I can actually share this because I've held on to this for twenty odd years, and um, and from my perspective, I'd now, not now, but I've always stood, but from my perspective, this is why it's so hard for people to speak out because they, they're either guilted into silence or they're, they're the fear of God is put into them to stay silent or they don't know what to say. Cause you know, it's, or is anybody going to believe me if I share it? And, uh, so I just encourage anybody that, that have a story that, you know, they need to get it off their chest to kind of set themselves free get rid of some of that burden then to do so because um, it's, it's, it was a burden. I didn't really know what was still kind of weighing on me, even though it wasn't affecting my day to day, but you know, I feel better now that I've shared it. I really do. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I got right now. Well, Brad, I, you know, when you initially shared it, I 
absolutely sent you a message thanking you uh, for sharing that. And I believe I pointed out to you that you just might have saved a few lives, you know, yeah. and, and I truly believe that. I think that there's strength in when somebody, especially somebody like yourself, you're this, this big, badass wrestler, and you share a personal experience like that, it lets everybody know that it's okay to speak out and to speak up just how you were motivated from see, reading other people's stories. It was a, it was a positive domino effect. So I just, I appreciate all of you um, for having this conversation because it's, it's the toughest conversation that you probably ever have in your life. It's but, hard because you don't really know what to say. Like it's, you can type it out and you know, I feel like I typed it out better than I was able to talk about it here because it's, you don't really know what to say or how do I say it or can I say it? Brother, you, you, you've done it. You've done it. You have, you have said it and you did it perfectly. So I, I don't want you to walk away from the experience feeling anything other than the fact that you said it perfectly. You've communicated well, seriously and, and I appreciate you for it. And I'll tell you another thing, uh, Brad, and, and everybody listening. I think when you have somebody who is a survivor of, of trauma, it's so important to have people who are empathetic, people who have experiences and, and who have found a way to continue to, to grow and help others. You really need that in your locker room. You really right. need that in your business. You really need that in your social circles. So, Brad, I, I encourage everybody and anybody listening right now, you know, whether they're in the wrestling business or outside or what have you, you know, reach out to Brad and see if, you know, there's a way to link up because this guy is as empathetic as anyone you'll meet. He's a great guy. He has a hell of a story, you know, but he's a hell of a hard worker on top of that. And again, when you, when you have that type of energy in your locker room, in your business, what have you, it can be nothing but positive. And we need more Brad Sanders and we need a lot less of some of these other folks who have been called out for some of the horrendous things that they've done and inflicted on others. So, so Brad, I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Please plug uh, your social media. If anyone wants to get in, in touch with you, whether it be for wrestling or other business opportunities or just want to touch base with you, please share your, your contact info. For sure. And I appreciate the kind words, Duke. That, that absolutely means a lot because, you know, unfortunately, you know, wrestling has a lot of um, – in my opinion, in my opinion, may not mean much, but in my opinion, wrestling has a lot of um, a lot of mentality that's, I guess, either old school or just toxic. Where, you know, they want a lot of locker rooms want a specific type guy to come in and be the locker room leader, but the guy it isn't really much of a leader. You know, like he he's wrestled for ten years, but he's got this bad attitude, and he's 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 not really trying to help anybody or motivate anybody or watch their matches or give anything constructive um, back to the show or to the talent. I appreciate that, you know, you say those things about me because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm only four years in, I think I'm roughly right at now about 450, 450 matches. And, and um, that's something, yeah, I don't ever try to be the locker room leader. I just try to give back and, and the only way to give back is you got to be able to, you know, be open and, and you got to be able to love the business more than you love yourself. And, um, and, you know, cause wrestling is going to be here with, without us one day. And I'd like to be able to leave it in a, in a positive way and make sure when I leave that people say, man, that guy really contributed either to my career or to helping me become better or helping a, a promotion or a, or a show, you know, and, so I really appreciate that. Um, but if uh, I love doing podcasts, it's absolutely one of my most favorite things in the world to do. So I get really excited when someone asks me to be on. So if anybody else is listening to this and they know of a podcast, it don't have to be just wrestling. It can be legit any podcast. 
if you want to book me for a show, um, um, when things are start opening back up safely, I am more than happy to travel just about anywhere. Um, I'm waiting to get my passport when this COVID stuff ends. There's no, there's no sense in me even trying to get a passport right now, but uh, I'm looking to branch out and get all 50 states knocked out. I'm already down to 25 left, I think 26. Uh, so I'm ready to rumble, ready to go. If a guy get a license, let me know. I don't care about that either. If you're a fan, um, I'll be more than happy to have you on my Twitter and Instagram right now. Facebook is, uh, I've got it locked down. I'm doing some cleaning out and filtering, so I'm not really taking any friend requests unless it's a business opportunity or a promoter. Um, so I'm going to give everybody my Instagram and my, um, my, uh, my Twitter. I just restarted my Twitter cause I couldn't get into my old one. So the Instagram, please add me on Instagram. It's uh, it stays pretty up to date, um, daily. And that is at Brad Sanders TX. That's at Brad Sanders TX on Twitter. There's not much going on Twitter yet, but it's, it's going to start growing and get a little better. It's that Sanders guy. T H A T Sanders G U Y. Um, I also have a store at pro wrestling Just type in Mr. Discipline in the search bar. I've got three options right now. I've been selling pretty good and I'd like to keep selling. So if you guys want to support me, and uh, I got some pretty cool designs. Um, I really appreciate that. And pay attention to my Instagram and to my Twitter. Cause every once in a while, I may sell a piece of gear or a shirt or give away something every once in a while. I used to try to stay interactive. Um, um, sometimes I give away signed pictures. So stay in contact with me. Follow me. And we will, uh, you know, I really would like to see some of you down the road. What an incredible conversation that was there with brad sanders thank you once again brad wow a lot to unpack there and a reminder again folks you know when when you share your story when you speak up and speak out there's no telling who you are going to reach who you're going to touch who you may help just from sharing your experiences and your story so Again, thank you, Brad. Really appreciate you, brother. And any bookers, any fans out there, whomever, reach out to Brad. He's a good dude. Real good dude. You know, folks, it, it's something that I will continue to be very careful with as I report on this whole speaking out movement that we see, especially in pro wrestling. So much is continuing to develop in real time. You have a lot of wrestlers who have either retired, taken a step back from the industry, or have been let go. And eventually I'm going to do an entire episode where we just go over all of the changes from the different wrestling promotions. I can tell you off the top of my head, I mean, you look at a place like Impact Wrestling where Mike Elgin, he was let go. Right? He was let go because there were some serious allegations against him. Jack Gallagher was let go from the WWE. Right? I know that folks like Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream, you know, they're they're being looked into. Velveteen Dream just had a car accident the other day, by the way. Uh, Allegedly, he either ran a red light or a stop sign. I guess he was supposed to stop, and he didn't, and he got into a bad wreck, and he was in the hospital. He was recently released, though. Thank goodness for that. But he's got some serious, serious allegations against him, sexting minors and things of that nature. God only knows. Boy. Impact Wrestling, you have a guy like uh, Jimmy Havoc, who's been accused of sexual assault and abuse and things of that nature, and... You know, their response is to put him through through training. He's getting some kind of help for that, whatever the hell that means. I don't know if you if you need a guy like that on your team, if that's the way he's conducted himself. Sammy Guevara did an interview a few years ago in which he made some very crazy comments. Talked about sexually assaulting Sasha Banks. <laughs> 
because he was so attracted to her. That's what he wanted to do. That's not a joke. That's sick. He's been suspended. And whatever payment he was supposed to receive during his suspension is going to be donated to various charitable organizations and what have you. I'm telling you, man, there's a lot. I mean, Soraya Knight, who is Paige, you know, from WWE Paige, that's her mom. She just announced she's going to retire from the industry because she's so upset about allegations of her condoning abuse and things of that nature. There are lists out there in which various people's names are on there. And it's interesting because... You have folks who are being accused of sexual assault, but then you also have folks who are accused of being adulterers. And you have people who are accused of being racists, and they're all on the same list. So in that sense, I guess speaking out has evolved into calling out all of the negative people in the wrestling industry. I don't know how I feel about putting everybody on the same list because there's a lot of nuance. And I think that, you know, there needs to be specialized lists so we understand what we're talking about at at a first glance here. You know, I I look at somebody like Tessa Blanchard, who's been in the news recently. Her name is on a list with rapists and (laughs) abusers and all this other stuff. And, you know, what she's been accused of is spitting on Rosalind Negra and calling her the N-word. Which is unacceptable and disgraceful. But she shouldn't be on the list with all those other folks. That that deserves its own list. In its own examination and discussion. In my opinion, at least. And, and you know, to stay on the Tessa Blanchard point for a moment here. Um, there's talk that WWE has been in conversation with her. There's talk that. Folks over in AEW or, you know, that's potentially a home for her because she was officially let go by Impact Wrestling, stripped of her title and, and, you know, forced out of the company, fired. I don't know. I think this thing with Rosa Negra, which happened about four years ago, I don't think this thing has been resolved yet, folks. At least for me as a fan, I don't think so. There were people who were there. I think Tony Storm was there and other folks who were there. I want to hear from everybody in explicit detail once and for all what happened. Because if if Tessa Blanchard spit on Rosalind Negra and called her the N-word, and I have no reason not to believe Rosa, by the way. Rosalind Negra is not somebody who seeks problems or is making things up, which some of you have tried to insinuate. Uh, if Tessa Blanchard did that, she has no business in the wrestling industry. And I stand firm on that. And if she didn't do that, then, you know, Rosa Negra has no, no business in the wrestling industry. And I'll stand firm on that too. But I have no reason to believe Rosa is making that up because who the hell would do that? <laughs> and she didn't go out of her way to broadcast that to the world. Other people brought it up and she had to speak on it and and confirm it. Because she was concerned that she'd be blackballed if she were to speak out about a third generation wrestler with a big name like Tessa Blanchard, Tully Blanchard's daughter, Magnum T.A.'s stepdaughter, Joe Blanchard's granddaughter. She's got a Hall of Famers in her family. Rosalind Negra was concerned that if she were to speak out about Tessa Blanchard, that could hurt her opportunities to grow in the wrestling industry and possibly get signed by major promotions. And let me tell you something to date. There's a lot of truth to her concern because she hasn't been signed by any major promotion yet. And I, I challenge anybody to watch Rosalind Negra's work and tell me she's not as good as the, as folks that you see on TV right now. You can shoot me an email at DukeLovesWrestling at gmail.com or you can 
Facebook or Twitter me. I dare you to look at Rosalind Negra's work, especially over the past five years, and come back and tell me she doesn't deserve an opportunity to be on TV for some promotion. Impact, WWE, AEW, whatever. So there's some truth to her concern. Maybe, maybe some opportunities are not going her way because she spoke up and spoke out. I'm seeing a lot of folks tripping over themselves to, well, you know, be careful about people who are being falsely accused. And yeah, look, I, I get that. And I'm concerned about that. Sure. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but we're not talking about the court of law. <laughs> you know, people are giving their opinions on things based on the information that's being provided, right? I think some of you get that confused at times. There's a court of law and then there's a court of public opinion. And when it comes to being a consumer, a fan, somebody who's going to spend their time and therefore hard earned money on something. Whether there is enough to pursue an issue legally or not, when the facts are being brought out and you can't refute them. Hey, maybe I'm not going to spend my money on you. I'll tell you right now. I'm not going to be watching any promotion that's employing Tessa Blanchard until I find out more information about what the hell is going on with that situation with Rosalind Negra. It just won't happen. And I'll tell AEW and WWE right now, you are going to hurt your company if you bring her in without making sure that it is abundantly clear what happened between Tessa and Rosalind Negra. That stuff needs to come out explicitly. We need to be clear what happened. This isn't a joke, folks. This is real life we're talking about here. Abuse and, and you know, rape and all kinds of weird stuff. Racism. It's just Jesus Christ. And we have to purge the business in all aspects of life of these evils. No two ways about it. We got to take our steps. We got to do the right thing. Even on, on a government level, we got to make sure that our laws are fashioned in a manner where we make it clear that the ideals of the Constitution, all men are created equal. That means men and women, by the way, we're all equal. We all deserve an opportunity to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? got to make sure that we're upholding these ideals because that's what America is supposed to be about. And for those of you who don't live in America, that's what America is supposed to be about. And I hope that wherever you live, that's what you're supposed to be about as well. Or are about, I should say. It is what you're supposed to be about. Nobody should be marginalized or mistreated when they're innocent and they've done nothing wrong and all this good stuff. And for those who have done something wrong, then, hey, they need to pay their debt to society for the wrongs that they've done. And only after they've paid those debts to society do we say, okay, well, you paid your debt to society. I don't have to ever like the fact that you've done what you've done, but now it's time to, to graduate. It's time to do something else, right? If somebody's committed a crime and, and they've done their time and what have you, I'm not here to punish them again after that. It is what it is. you're going around using racial slurs and doing some crazy stuff you've taken sensitivity training you've demonstrated that you understand what you did wrong and you understand why you can't do that and you've you've literally you can demonstrate clearly how you've grown what you have done to contribute positively to combat racism then we can have a conversation That was the whole issue with Hulk Hogan. He hasn't demonstrated anything other than the fact that he's a selfish so-and-so. Right? That's my opinion. And I based that off the fact that when he had an opportunity to speak to his peers in the WWE, he took that time to focus more on the fact that you could be recorded at any time, as opposed to fo focusing on the fact that he was the, the as low as a human being can get 
when he identified people as being less than him based strictly on their race, right? I saw a tweet from Mickey James where she was going out of her way to express concern about people being falsely accused. Well, how do you know who's falsely accused, Mickey? Folks, don't break your back trying to defend somebody that you cannot speak for. I understand if this is like your immediate family and you're with them 24-7 or something like that, then sure. You might have a, a, a leg to stand on there, but outside of that, I don't care how much you like somebody. You don't know what they do and how they treat others, especially not in your presence. You assume, but you don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of serial killers out there who had great friends and were considered, you know, nice people. You got Catholic priests out there who are doing some of the most horrific things to children. They were considered holy, right? So don't give me that nonsense. Trying to go out of your way to even allude to people falsely accusing people. Prove it. Put a name on it. Who? <laughs> and how do you know? Got to be careful out there, folks. And anyone who's listened to this show over the past four years, you know that I don't shy away from any topics. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to go right straight for it, man. You know? Some folks have reached out to me about uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, Texas Wrestling Academy. And here's somebody who legitimately is a top trainer, trained some of the pr biggest and brightest stars, someone who's been a friend of this show, been on the show numerous times. One of our more frequent guests. He's been called out. He's been accused of various things, mistreating his students and, and abuse and all these other things. And Rudy has put out a statement where he's owned some of these allegations against him, speaking inappropriate to certain students and what have you. He's also denied some allegations and he never has assaulted anyone or anything like that and hey <laughs> you know we'll we'll see whatever whatever comes out in the wash but i'm not going to run away from something like that i'll lean right into it i can't speak for anybody else i can tell you i don't believe based on what i know that People would be capable of doing certain things, even somebody like Rudy, who's a friend, right? But I'm not going to sit here and say, I know for sure what happened 20 years ago to God knows who or what. But no, I'm not going to do that. He's got to figure that out. He's got to put out all the facts and whomever's accusing him puts out the facts and let's see what happens. That'll come out in the wash. And that goes for everybody, right? Matt Riddle, that goes for him too, Right? Velveteen Dream, Jimmy Havoc, whomever. I'm telling you, folks, we are, are living in an important time in life where throughout the world, mistreatment is not accepted anymore. It's being called out, and it should be. And whomever is guilty, hey, this is your moment where karma has turned around is going to hold you accountable it's just the way it is and whomever is innocent you you put out the facts and karma will take care of you hopefully and make sure that if you are falsely accused of anything that the truth will stand firm that's where we're at But I'm concerned with these wrestling promotions that are going to still go out of their way to employ people who clearly have some issues. I saw a long apology from Mike Quackenbush. Which was interesting. And he's a legend. I mean, this guy, Jesus. Everyone's worked with Quack. But some serious allegations were, were thrown out there against him. He had to shut down his his promotion. And a lot of folks are going to be shut down, too, as a result of it, because, you know, a lot of good folks 
Solo Darling and these folks, you know, they 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 work with Quack in, in his promotion or what have you. But if this guy has been mistreating people, then he has no business operating a business. A pro wrestling business. And keep no keep in mind, folks, this industry is built off of family entertainment. How the hell can you be around kids if you're out here abusing folks? Just doesn't work. And I'm not saying I know who did what or whatever. No, this this isn't about anyone in particular, but it's about everybody. <laughs> this is a, this is a checkup here, right? You better make sure you stuff straight. And if it isn't, it's time for you to go, get out of this business, because we're not going to support that. This old school mentality don't we, we'll, you know don't tell and all. No, 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 that's gone. We're done with that. There's no more of that going on. We're going to shut that down. And if you're training in the industry right now or you're a fan and you're experiencing some something from someone, hey, reach out to somebody. Let them know what the hell is going on. And let's identify who has no business operating and let's get them shut down. It's time to clean it up. And I'm and I'm going to circle back here wwe i'm going to talk to you directly in particular i'm telling you right now i will i will spend every moment that i have free to call you out every single day if you're going to be employing abusers harassers racists what have you you better clean that company up because you are the standard in the industry and we have spent a lot of time and money and emotional capital on your company, building your company. Okay. You are nothing without the fans. And don't you ever forget that. We will shut you down if you don't clean it up. I want to thank my guest again, Brad Sanders. Great guy. I want to thank you listeners out there. We're, we're wading into some heavy stuff, but we've always been this way. You know, this is nothing new for this show. It's what we do. Right. We talk about real life through the lens of pro wrestling. That's what we do. So join me next week. I have another great guest. Till then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. That's right. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.